You are listening to the Berman Method podcast featuring Dr. Jake Berman and Jenny Berman, physician assistant, where we treat problems, not symptoms. And we're rolling. All right, all right, all right. Dr. Jake Berman here with my beautiful wife, Jenny Berman. Say hello to everybody, Jenny. Hello, everybody from Jenny. And this is the Berman Method Podcast, where we are treating problems, not symptoms. We are David against Goliath, where we are going against the corporate medical system because we don't believe that Western medicine in general, of course, this is in general, we don't believe that Western medicine is focused on treating problems. We think it's all focused on treating symptoms. So the analogy that I give every single time is you go to the doctor for blood pressure, your blood pressure is high, and he says, okay, take this blood pressure medication versus figuring out why is the blood pressure high to begin with. That's what we want to treat. There's something else going on in the body that caused that blood pressure to elevate in the first place. That's what we're talking about here, treating problems, not symptoms. And today, what we want to talk about is... We are too subjective to be objective. What the heck does that mean, Jenny? I was just about to ask you that. What does that mean? (laughs) So subjective means you think, you feel, I feel like this, or I'm thinking that. It's not objective. It's not black and white. It's not science, if you want to call it science. It's not one plus one equals two. Subjectivity is variable versus objectivity. It's not variable. Straight up, one plus one equals two. There's no other way to look at it, right? So, how do we become objective in our fields? We can't be. We are all too subjective to be objective on our own health. Oh, so I can't treat myself. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to get at. You cannot treat yourself. I can't treat myself. So I'm a low back pain specialist. And when my back flared up back in 2018, I was out on the golf course, October 2018, golfing with my good buddy Rob out at the Naples Grand, playing one of the best rounds of my life at that point. And my back went out on me. The OMS? (laughs) No, it wasn't the OMS. Oh. What the heck is OMS? Tell everybody else listening. What's OMS? It's Jake's diagnosis for himself, the old man syndrome. (laughs) No, it wasn't the old man syndrome. It was the most common diagnosis we see, which is? A weak butt? Weak ass syndrome. (laughs) My left glute was not firing. So to get back to that problem that I had on the golf course, my left glute was not firing. So when I was swinging that golf club, having a great time, I didn't have the stability. And that led to a major issue upstairs from the glute, which is the back. Anyways, I was too subjective to figure it out myself. I couldn't be objective enough to understand what was happening. So I kept thinking, oh my gosh, is this a herniated disc? This feels a lot like a herniated disc that I had back in 2012, I think I had one, or apparently, allegedly I had one. But anyways, I thought that that's what it was at the time. So I spent the entire weekend, this was on a Friday, I spent the entire weekend treating this thing as if it were a herniated disc until I get into the office on Monday 
And I had one of my PTs that was on staff look at me and he goes, dude, it's not a herniated disc. You've got a major, major weakness on your left side. You? (laughs) Yes. Wow. So that's the point of this thing is if I didn't realize that I had a weakness how the heck can anybody else even stand a chance? Because this is my, this is what I live, eat, dream, sleep, whatever you want to call it. This is my life, the body and how it works and working for constant symmetry and efficiency and effectiveness of the body working symmetrically on all sides. So I'm going to pause you for one second. We're kind of veering away from the point of this conversation of you're too subjective to be objective. But if you thought you had a herniated disc, but you actually had a weak butt, what were your symptoms? Ooh, great question. Every time I tried to stand up, it was very sharp pain. It felt unstable. So in hindsight, hindsight's always clear, right? 2020. Looking back, I remember that it just felt really fragile, really unstable. Every time I stood up, it just felt like it just was not right. And I did have some pain going down my left leg. And I guess those were the two things that made me think that it was herniated disc. Oh, I guess the the reason why I started thinking herniated disc was because of the way the symptoms came on. Because I've had back pain on and off again over the years and it was just different. That's the best way I can put it. And a lot of my clients will tell me that this one felt different. It felt that's what it was. It just felt different. I see. So you can have the pain radiating down the leg. You can have the sharp onset of back pain. You can have the weakness, the instability, but it comes down to weak glutes and not always an actual herniated disc or pain coming from the herniated disc. Yes, exactly. Good. That's important for a lot of people to know that these symptoms can actually be coming from something different and not actually an MRI showing you that it's a herniated disc. Thank you for pointing that out. Okay. So going back, so you were, you couldn't treat yourself over the weekend, but it was one of your PTs was actually able to do some objective testing, (laughs) right? Yes. Objective testing. So how did he determine that it was a weak glute and not your herniated disc? Just straight up objective testing. It's as simple as that. Put me on the table and see how strong one leg is compared to the other and all different sorts of motions, internal rotation, external rotation, hip extension. So we're just testing, manually testing the strength of the muscles in the surrounding area. So when you started activating the glute better, when he helped you to feel that you were activating it better, did your pain improve? It took a while. And this is one of the frustrating things for a lot of my clients is it took a while. I can honestly say that it was at least three weeks before I started even believing that we were treating the right thing. And that was challenging for me. Never in my life or never in my whole entire career did I ever get closer to going to the emergency room than I did that Saturday after playing golf, I, I really had to talk myself off of a ledge 
because I wanted to go. It was severe. You looked like a snake. <laughs> you were like, oh, crooked. He really did. Going back to that, but. Oh, my gosh. The point of all of this is I was way too subjected to be objective. I spent the whole entire weekend treating something that it actually wasn't. And then it wasn't until I had somebody else look at me from the outside in objectively and said, this isn't even close to that. This is a lot more simpler than what you think it is. It's not that bad. And that's the one, one thing that a lot of clients don't want to hear is it's not that bad. Because when you're feeling that pain, remember that word feeling, that's subjective right there. When you're feeling it, you don't want somebody to tell you that it's not that bad because you're living it. It's bad. Right, right. Yeah. Even when you have high pain tolerance, it's bad. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So one thing that we want to talk about today is why is it acceptable in Western medicine to have an annual checkup, but it is not acceptable to have an annual or even a quarterly checkup for your physical health or even your nutritional health? Why is it okay to go once a year to the doctor and have your labs drawn and see how your blood pressure is doing, how your cholesterol is doing, but it's kind of um, foo-fooed or whatever you want to call it when we say you should be going at least once a year, if not once a quarter, to go see how you're doing physically. For this reason, you're too subjective to be objective. Well, I think one of the main problems and, you know, one of the reasons we're doing this is insurance doesn't cover for me to go have a physical therapist check me and make sure I'm doing my squats and my exercises properly. That's not covered by insurance. So it doesn't get done. What you just said right there is the problem. First world country, specifically Americans, we do not want to spend a dime of our own money on our own health, unless it's covered by health insurance. We think that insurance is supposed to pay for everything health-related, and it's really challenging to find people that value their health more than the latest iPhone, for example. People will stand in line for days out in front of Apple waiting for the latest iPhone to come out and go spend, what, 1000 or $1,200 on a new iPhone? But if you tell them they got to spend $100 of their own money for an annual physical checkup from the physical therapist, they're like, hell no. There's no way they would even think about doing it. That's a problem. It is a problem. And in some people's defense, a lot of times if you're paying out of pocket, it comes out to be a lot more if insurance isn't going to cover it. But that's besides the point. I agree with you that we should be having, I would say, quarterly checks when it comes to physical components, nutritional components, even blood work. You know, I think annual, no matter how healthy you are, annual blood testing is not enough. And we see it in our own self because we work out five, six, seven sometimes days per week. And if we don't, didn't have each other to look at form, we would have a lot more injuries than we already do. Let's talk more about that. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is because I said it earlier, this is my specialty. The human body is my specialty. I'm a functional manual therapist, which means that I care a lot 
about perfect form and perfect functionality. My definition of functional means that everything is working the way it's supposed to be working. Everything's supposed to be, or everything is working optimally. Now to get back to me and myself being too subjective to be objective, if I don't have Jenny look at me at least once a month, hey Jenny, how's my squat looking today? Hey Jenny, how's my posture doing today? Or even one of my therapists, how is this squat looking? How is this lunge looking? I can honestly tell everybody listening to this right now, there has not been one time that I've ever asked anybody to look at me that it's been perfect. And again, we're talking about small little changes, but that's important. It was not 100% correct. It might have been 90% correct, but it wasn't 100% correct. And this is what leads to people breaking down over time. And it's not fast. This happens over 10, 20, 30, 40, sometimes even 50 years where you'll be doing something asymmetrical, just barely off. You might be doing it 95% correct, but it's not 100% correct. And that little discrepancy over the time, over the years, that's what causes things to break down. So if we spend a little time and a little money seeing our physical therapist or functional therapist or personal trainer, even if they're super qualified, on looking at our form, you know, once a month or once every three months, that could potentially save us hundreds and thousands, not only dollars, but also days of pain. Days of pain, that psychological dilemma, I feel like I'm getting old. I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm getting older. All these thought processes that occur creep up when your body doesn't move as good as it did 10 years ago. Now, you said something there that I want to get a little more in detail about where you said, if you, you had your physical therapist look at you, if you had your personal trainer look at you, that it would significantly help you go in the right direction. And here's a little um, plug for us and the way we think. It really, really matters who you have look at you because a lot of this is not a knock on physical therapists in general. I'm a physical therapist. However, I can honestly tell you that there are a lot of physical therapists out there and it's not their fault. It's the insurance company's fault, the corporate medical system's fault because they have to see so many patients per hour per day. They're not able to spend the time to really look at it. It looks good. Okay. Yeah, it looks good. But is it 100% correct? I mean, it might be 95% correct. Yeah, that looks really good. But is it 100% correct? And that's where things break down. Because they don't have the time to do the objective test. (laughs) Exactly. Got it. When you're a physical therapist and you have to see multiple patients per hour, two, three, sometimes even four patients per hour, you don't physically have time to do these objective tests because it takes your attention. You have to really think about it. When you're seeing that many patients per hour, you pretty much have to say, here's your exercises sheet. Go do it. Use this technician or a physical therapy assistant and they're going to help guide you through it. And good luck, essentially, is what happens. However, if it's not done 100% correct, 
we're coming back to the same problem. You might feel better over six, eight, 12 weeks even of doing some exercises, 90 or 95% correct, but you're not going to fix the actual problem. It's going to come back. So how is your practice different than a, a regular physical therapy office? I don't know that we've talked a lot about that. That is a really, really wide question. Are you talking specifically in how we treat or in general or what? Well, why can, you know, if somebody came to see you monthly or quarterly for their physical checks, it would be different than if they went to a corporate or physician-owned physical therapy office in most cases. I'm not saying that all PTs that work at those offices aren't, you know, having the time, but how is your office different if I were to schedule a quarterly visit? Got it. Okay. We're completely cash. We don't take any insurance at all. And because we're completely cash, we can do exactly what you need us to do, no more, no less. So you come in, I can look at you and say, okay, this is what needs to happen now. Versus looking at you and you tell me something, then me having to think, okay, this is what you need, but insurance is not going to pay for that. So I'm going to have to do this other thing that's kind of close but that's the thing that insurance is going to reimburse. I don't have to do that because I'm all cash. You get what you want. You can pay for whatever you want to do there. I'll interrupt you for a second. A big part of that for people who don't necessarily understand insurance reimbursement is when you go to a physical therapy office in most states, you have to have a referral that says shoulder pain or back pain or whatever you're going to see the physical therapist for. And the physical therapist has to practice whatever treatment and therapeutic exercises or, you know, whatever, whatever the treatment is that has to fall into that category. Whereas at your practice, because you're out of network, you don't necessarily, you know, if somebody comes in for back pain, you can look at them from head to toe, figure out where the back pain is coming from, fix the actual problem rather than having to stick right at the low back. Exactly. We get to figure out what is causing the back pain. Is it an ankle problem? Is it an instability problem coming from somewhere else? I think this is going to answer the question the best way. The biggest difference coming to see us versus somewhere else is we're going to do a functional test. A functional test means that I don't care what it looks like, because there's going to be anatomical variation. The squat is a perfect example of anatomical variation where some people have longer femurs than other people. So if you have a longer femur than somebody else, your torso position in your squat is going to look different from somebody that's got a shorter femur. So I can't just look at everybody and say, your squat has to look like this. So what we do is we do a functional test, get into your squat position, and then we're going to come over and test you in that position. We're going to put an external force on you and we're going to see, is it bouncy there or is it solid there? Are the muscles firing the way they should or are they not? If It's very simple. It either is or it isn't. There's no subjectivity about it. It either is or it isn't. And that's what tells us, okay, there is a problem or there isn't a problem. So that probably answers the question better. Yeah. It's just, in general, finding the right person who has the time, who has the 
quote unquote freedom to do what testing needs to be done to look at the different body parts. They don't have to focus on one area. So going to someone who is not necessarily dictated by insurance is going to be more beneficial in the long run for the physical checks. Exactly right. And, you know, let's just be honest here. I would rather you go to somebody that takes your insurance to get checked up versus not go to anybody at all, because something is better than nothing. However, I think we should get a little more in detail. And what are we even talking about? What is a regular check? Is it an annual check? Is it a six-month check? Or what would be a good ballpark or marker to say, at every time period, this time period, I need to go get checked up. Even if it's just for 20, 30 minutes, I just need to go make sure that I'm still doing everything 100% correct. What do you think? My recommendation would be quarterly. I recommend, you know, even when I see my own clients and they graduate from me because they're doing so well for whatever the reason they came, I always recommend, okay, you know, this is your last visit. I'm going to see you back in six weeks first, and let's make sure that you're still on track with what you're doing. If at the six-week mark they're doing great, then I say, okay, I want you to come back in three months. And so typically I will recommend a quarterly check for my clients specifically. And I think that's reasonable for physical too. And I'm going to go on and not let you talk yet. (laughs) You know, for just coming from my own personal being a, you know, very active person and exercising regularly, if I didn't have you, I would be in big trouble because it's at least once a month that I'm like, oh, I think I need something checked or, you know, I think my hips might be out and I can't seem to get them back in. Can you help me? So it really depends on how active the person is. Right there. That's what I was going to say is from the physical aspect, I think it really does depend because you and I, we we train pretty hard. We're in the gym at least six days a week. You're working out seven days a week. And again, it's all, it's appropriate training, meaning she's not overtraining certain muscle groups. It's completely different exercises, stressing completely different systems. So somebody like you, it needs to be a monthly thing because you're training really hard versus somebody else. If you're just exercising two, three times a week and you're not really going hard in the paint, quote unquote, hard in the paint, you could get by with a quarterly check-in versus the nutritional side. I think that that needs to be at least every quarter because you don't really train for eating. You don't really go through these waves where I'm eating really hard and then I'm not eating so hard at trying to equate that to exercise, for example. But with exercise, you can go through six weeks. We're going to train really hard these six weeks. Like we just switched up this week. We moved into a Tabata training, which I hate, by the way. (laughs) But it's a completely different training and it's harder. So it's going to require different muscles for me, different concentration on keeping the correct form. So I'm going to need to get checked up. Next week, I'm going to have somebody come in and or have one of my PTs say, okay, how am I doing after the third minute of this four-minute Tabata? I hate this Tabata stuff. But how am I doing? Am I maintaining perfect form after three minutes? If I'm not, then I got to figure it out. I got to change it. So I think that's pretty good 
uh, markers there for the physical component. If you're getting checked up once a year physically, let's call that the bare minimum. Let's say that's equating to brushing your teeth once a week. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) How would you feel? How would your teeth feel if you brushed them once a week? That's essentially what's happening if you get checked up once a year. I can pretty much guess that the vast majority of people listening to this podcast, they don't get checked up, period. They don't get checked up until something hurts, right? That's like saying I drive my car until it starts making noise. I don't change the oil regularly. I just wait for it to make noise. We change our motor oil regularly. We go to an annual checkup from our general practitioner, but we don't do anything for the physical or the nutritional side. It's got to change. Absolutely. So this was a long podcast. We are splitting this one into two. So tune in next week for the second half of this podcast. Thank you, guys. For more information, view the show notes where you can email us, visit our website, or join us on social media.